podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, it's Jen and Jess from Fat Mascara, and this is a Staycast from Acast. We're based out of New York, New York, and are currently practicing social distancing and staying at home. Please check your local government's website and follow their advice. After you follow their advice, you'll probably be staying at home. And when you do, practice your social distancing and listen to another great podcast from Acast like... Like Watch What Crappens. It's hilarious. And if you love reality TV, it's perfect. And there's plenty of time to binge on that right now. Hello and welcome to the King and AI podcast. My name's Kelly Cates and you'll be listening to my dad, uh, Kenny Dalglish, on this podcast and getting his thoughts on football issues about Liverpool, but also about other things as well. And the reason the podcast has come about is because of our family's charity, the Marina Dalglish Appeal, which was set up to raise money to help cancer patients and their families. So if you'd like to support that, that would be fantastic. As much as it's about raising awareness, it is also about the financial support, if possible. If you want to donate, you can go to anfieldindex.com slash MDA, or you can go to the Marina Dalglish Appeal website to find out a little bit more about the charity and the work that they do. It's worth having a read about. It's a really great charity and it's something that's very close to all our hearts. Enjoy the show. Hello, I'm Eddie Gibbs and welcome to another episode of the King and AI podcast here on Anfield Index Pro. So first up, I need to introduce our guests. And first up is uh, the stay-at-home, keepy-uppy toilet roll challenge guy, uh, where the lush gardens of Casa Dalglish and the film crews, also known as Kelly and Lauren, captured him putting his own trophy volley slant on the challenge put to Kelly by Jamie Carragher. Yes, it's a favourite knight of the realm who I sense may be having slightly tighter hamstrings this week than normal. It's a warm welcome to Liverpool's legendary former player and manager, Sir Kenny Dalglish. Edward, how are you? I'm very well, and uh, we hope everyone's well. Obviously, listening to this today, uh, it's it's not a pleasant time for the for the world currently. So uh, we do wish everyone uh, the best of health, and uh, certainly do their bit by uh, staying uh, at home. I would I would just like to say to you that your medical uh, opinion of myself is far off the mark, Edward. The hamstrings <laughs> are fine. <laughs> so you stretched properly before undergoing that challenge, then? Yes, I was in. I was working out and just come back to my run in the park and got the boot on and try to, I couldn't quite fit the blue roll into the, into the cup. So <laughs> it was a good attempt. <laughs> I should have got the European Cup, shouldn't I? Maybe I got it in there with the bigger target. <laughs> now, leg, regular listeners may recall that we've been a man down on the past few shows, uh, but with lockdown in full effect, both here in the UK and over in Miami, it means... Uh, one of the very few gains of all things COVID-19 is the return of the prodigal son. And uh, it's a change of status uh, due to his uh, hard toil over there in the States. And for the first time, it's a pleasure to welcome back, not the head coach, but instead the president of the Miami FC, Mr. Paul Dalglish. Yeah, just trying to make Miami great again. That's what I'm trying to do, Ed. Trying that, to do that. So It sounds very, poli- we'll just go it back. Sounds very political, Paul. President. Very political. <laughs> well... Well, it sort of doesn't really mean anything, does it? Really, the name, it just doesn't change the job that you do. You just, you get your roles and responsibilities and you just try and, and try and deliver. But listen, forget me. I want to go back to, to him doing that in the garden. Why did you only wear one boot and one slipper? What was, what was your thought process? 
I couldn't get the boot on. So I had no chance with the other one. I was struggling to get the right boot on. So but you, did you have but what bag what was it that went flying? Was it the boot or the slipper that went flying? Or the slipper. Slipper went flying. I think I think you should enjoy your retirement. I think <laughs> those days are over. <laughs> well, I know that you're a president, uh, like Donald Trump. I'll, I'll listen to what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll look forward to your daily news conference, Paul. I'm sure I'll be on CNN late. He's got this. It's the same. He can't get the, the same hair, isn't it? But he can't get <laughs> I could just I could just borrow yours because yours is the same. <laughs> now we also have a special guest uh, before uh, before we get too carried away here. And uh, I mentioned on our show uh, earlier this week that uh, Paul Machen of the Redmen TV had actually uh, come down with the coronavirus, and uh, we've seen him back on air yesterday as it happens with the Redmen TV. It was great to hear him back and seeing how he's recovered. Uh, he did a really good video on YouTube uh, while he was recovering. Now. Paul's not with us today, but his colleague is uh, Chris Pajak, who's been on a few Anfield Index podcasts. He joined Nina last month to uh, to do uh, Media Matters, and he's also done a show with Jim Boardman, which will be out soon. So it's a, a, an absolute privilege, a very very late notice that uh, Chris has stepped in. So thanks for joining us today, Chris. No problem whatsoever. Um, obviously, I didn't quite get the introduction that these two legends get, but um, <laughs> considering I just talk about people who do good things, uh, I, I, I kind of understand why. <laughs> 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 and give us an update on your colleague. How is he? He's fine, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's um, he's back in the studio now. Um, I'm in quarantine with the missus and the kids because uh, we think the missus has got it. Um, so she's had the test and stuff. But Paul's fine. He's fit and his family are on the mend and stuff. And seems to be fingers crossed that they've had it. They weren't so bad that they needed to be hospitalised, but they're, they're, they're coming out the other side now. Oh, that's excellent. And uh, I hope your wife and your family stay, uh, stay as healthy as possible during this as well. Uh, it's good that you're playing musical chairs, though. But you can come out and Paul can come in. <laughs> that's crazy. And I, I don't, um, to be honest, I think I'd rather be outside because these kids are doing my head in. Yeah. That, <laughs> Honestly, that's it. I've, I've self-quarantined myself. No one's ill. I've just self-quarantined myself. <laughs> the kids are home from school. And I'm, 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 I'm in isolation through choice. Yeah, Mr. President, how can you self-isolate anybody else other than yourself? What do you mean? Well, you said you self-isolated yourself. Who else can you self-isolate? Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Is this, is this, let's, let's wait till you make a risk. That education's been a waste of time. <laughs> no, hey, 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 hey! It wasn't my money; it was yours. No, no, hey, you, took, you took it off your mother, not me. <laughs> now, before we start talking Liverpool and football, it's important that we reiterate what Kelly Kate said at the top of the show there, and remind all our listeners that the key objective of this podcast is to raise awareness and help raise funds for the Marina Dalglish appeal. Thanks to all our listeners who have continued uh, making donations during this rather troubled time for the planet. And uh, whilst we obviously accept uh, the pinch may be, make it impossible for some, we still appreciate any donations, however small, that can be made to the appeal. It's very easy to do. Just head on over to anfieldindex.com forward slash MDA and pledge whatever you can. And obviously, uh, Kenny, we should underpin everything uh, by thanking all the wonderful people at the NHS. Obviously, you've come in close proximity uh, through the work you do for Marina's charity with the good people at the NHS. And now even more so, uh, we're hearing and seeing their heroic contributions on the news fighting this awful virus. Yeah, thank you. 
they've always been magnificent the NHS and uh, I mean there's always going to be criticism or, or criticism of the government for what they're not doing for the NHS but I think there's been unbelievable community spirit for everybody and last Thursday was at 8 o'clock we were all outside in the street applauding the NHS and I mean all you want to do is show your gratitude and every single time you've had to use uh, the NHS throughout my whole life they've been fantastic alright they might not have the funds or the equipment that they need and that's why we try to help as well in our little way but the people, the staff, they're unbelievable. They care and the pride they take in their work is fantastic. So if we can do a little bit for them, that's the least we can do. And it, the very least we can do is to show our appreciation for the fantastic work, time and effort that they've done. And obviously the sacrifices that they've made to try and be of help to everybody. And instead of looking for things that's not right, give them a bit of praise and a bit of credit that they thoroughly deserve for doing the things that are right. Because there are a lot more things correct than what there are wrong. And uh, we'll move on. We'll talk about the football. I, I can't. I can't really add any more to that. That's wonderfully put by uh, by Kenny there. And uh, obviously, we know we're here to talk about football, and that's what we're going to do. We we know that people are at home. We know that a lot of you are in lockdown, and. Uh, we want to give you as much entertainment as we can, and that's why we're, we're, we're doing this show today. So we'll not dwell on the on, on the coronavirus anymore, other than to talk about how it's going to impact football. Now, in your Sunday Post column a couple of weeks ago, you, you said talk avoiding the season is out of order, but it's not stopped people talking. Obviously, just yesterday, uh, I think Harry Kane came out and said, well, the season has to be ended by the June deadline. I mean, I don't know where these things come from, and I'm quite torn on it myself. I, I do, of course, believe the season should be completed, but... I'm unsure whenever I hear about these games behind locked doors and things like that, I'm unsure that sits quite right with me. I, I do see the pros and cons. So when someone says, oh, it should definitely be completed as soon as possible, if that means behind closed doors, I'm like, all for it. Yep, let's do that. Then I hear people say, oh, no, this is going to be our first title in 30 years. We have to be there. The fans have to be at the game. Otherwise, it's not a, it takes the sport and integrity out of the competition. Uh, where, where do you stand on this? I'm, 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 as I say, I'm completely torn. I think the most important thing is to get the season finished. I mean, people that have got to where they are in the league at this moment in time have got there, either through the fantastic ability, like Liverpool, right, of showing this year and performances, results, or the other end of the table where they've not played well enough to get the points that they deserve to be safe. And I think the only way to decide what happens to your fate this year is to do what you've done for the previous eight months, is to play games. It's no, it's no financial... Uh, decision. It should be just done purely and simply on football. And if it means you've got to play every other day for two weeks or three weeks to finish the league, then that that should be what's done. And if there's not to be any fans there, then there's not to be any fans there. But I think it's a bit early to try and make a decision whether it's going to be behind closed doors or in close the pitches will be close proximity to each other and you don't have far to travel you can go and play the games. Whatever's decided is decided, but I think they definitely have to finish the game off and then they can see who gets what, who gets the championship, who gets Euro uh, Europa Cup spots, European Cup spots, who gets relegated, who comes up. There's too, there's too much being done. There's too many people using it, well, using it as an excuse that it's just, just be scrubbed and it's usually the ones that haven't done so well that are doing that. And I think that would be totally unfair on everybody. 
And I would say the same thing out of respect of who was in who was top of the league because I think it's only fair and right. If you want to retain your credibility, you've got to do your best to finish the league. I know, I know, um, Paul. I I think there's too much tribalism involved in in this because when you start to talk to anybody who's maybe not a Liverpool fan or someone else, it's always about their team and everyone's being so sort of introspective about what they, what they want and they can't take the like red tinted glasses off or whatever. I just don't understand why you would ever preference a season that hasn't started over one that's seventy five percent complete. Paul. Yeah, I think I think. For me, it's all about it's all about um, it's it's about people give their opinion without any thought. A lot of times, they don't actually understand what's practical and, and what is possible. And they're, they're true. There is a financial element to it as well, which is I think the the numbers are, are staggering. I think that if it's, if the games are played behind closed doors, then the Premier League's due to lose a hundred and a hundred and something million. If they are not games are not played at all, the Premier League is set to lose over a billion, and, and the numbers are, are, are mind-boggling. So people are saying people are, when they're thinking about the money are thinking that because of sponsors are going to commit to sponsor the games even behind closed doors, that it's important that the games get finished. You've then got people, as you said, the the, the, the tribalism that are talking about. Well, it'd be quite cool to see Liverpool not win the league, so I'm going to go that the season should just be finished because it doesn't really affect my team. Um, but then you've got people that are in my position that are actually involved in the implementation of, okay, if a decision is made to play behind closed doors, how does that affect each team in the country? How does that affect, um, how does that affect, uh, your business as a club? So most of the clubs in England, Liverpool, a lot of people think about Liverpool. Liverpool don't, their business isn't dependent upon game day revenue. It's an important part, but it's a, it's insignificant in terms of other revenue that they bring in from TV rights and sponsorship. If you go to t- a team, maybe in Division One, League One, they are they are almost entirely dependent on the game day revenue. So, not playing games at all or playing games in front of uh, closed doors is going to be a huge financial burden on these clubs, which clubs just can't simply come out of. Mm. Um, they, they can't come out of it. They can't go without the game day revenue. And, and I think what you're going to say is people need to be careful what they're asking for um, and, and what stance they're taking because of the long-term impact it can have on every club in England, not just the clubs in the Premier League. Yeah, but Paul, if you're talking about finance and how they can't they can, um, afford to have games held behind closed doors because you need their match day revenue, if the league gets scrapped, it would be well within the, the sponsors' rights for the league to say, well, we're not paying you any money because they've all been friendly. And that's the, then you've got the that, fans that, going that, back and yeah. saying, by the way, I bought a, t- a yeah. season ticket for this. I bought yeah. it for Premier League matches and I've been watching friendlies. There's too much that's money. They, and that's they what comes even They stand even more money, and it shouldn't be about money. They stand to lose even yeah. more money if the people go in. Then you get the commercial aspect of it. People saying, well, I've sponsored the league, I've sponsored that much. Why? Well, I want my money back. Because I've well, never it. sponsored that's the it, family. That's, so, that's it, and that's where we're at at the moment. So the ones that are worried about relegation and everything else will lose a lot more money 
if they at least would be playing the games and giving themselves a chance to stay up, there might be a slim well, chance. But they're giving themselves a slim yeah. chance to stay up. But if they go the other way, they'll lose everything. They'll lose everything. Well, that, that's where that's that's where we're at. So teams are teams are terrified to to tell teams that the the games are going to be cancelled. We're we're at, we're at a totally different stage in America. Well, we we have only played one, game. Uh, one or two games um, in 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 the domestic leagues here. So we're at a stage where we're having to make a decision for the whole season, uh, mm. and it and it changes every day. And, and and what I would tell you is. Teams are terrified because if it's announced that the season's been shortened, then how do how does that affect season ticket revenue, as you said? How does that affect sponsorship revenue, as you said? Does it does it get cancelled? Is it pro rata? Um, season ticket holders, is it cancelled? Is it pro rata? What is it? Is it make up next year? And the the other thing that people aren't taking into consideration is the sponsorship money that clubs are dependent on. There is no guarantee that the companies that are given the sponsorship money have that free cash anymore due to the economy being hit so hard by, by, um, by the, by the, the, the COVID virus. Because normally when a team struggles or a club struggles, the owner of the club is normally in a financial position in some cases before financial fair play and even with financial fair play ownership normally have money from other businesses that they can they can they can use the 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 scary thing about this for football is that the investors that own the football clubs are in a lot of cases this is their fun money that they are using to give back to the community and have a little bit of fun with the football club it becomes a lot less fun when you've lost 30% of your investments in the stock market so i, I don't think we've fully seen the financial impact that this is going to have in football as a whole. And for me, it's too easy for people to say, oh, don't, don't, uh, we shouldn't play the season or we should play the season. That there's going to be a catastrophic effect of, of decisions that are made to, to not play the season financially for clubs without the, the ability to bring in revenue. And that's why, that's why the Premier League should make it on a football and sporting decision. And that should be. I mean, you wouldn't run, if it was a marathon, you wouldn't run 12 miles and pack it in, would you? You'd run the whole lot. It's the same thing. They've played but three I think, I think, I think it's... Three quarters of the I season. I think it's... Just let the, get yeah. the games done, whatever way they've got to do it, or whatever way they can do it. And if it's got to roll straight into next season, let it roll into next season. But, and there was a magnanimous I think it's more there. There was a magnanimous yeah. gesture there that concerns Liverpool when Nike said, we'll let uh, New Balance run to the end of the season with their strips. We're not that de- we're not that desperate to come in and take over from them on the dates that we've signed up and agreed to do it. So let them have their run if they want to do it. And I thought that would be magnanimous. I, I, I think that's nice, Dad. But I think that I think that there's a bigger. It's more important than football. I think Jurgen Klopp said, didn't he? He said it's the it's the most it's the least important it's the most important least important thing. Is that right, Eddie? Chris, what was it? Is exactly yeah, that's right. That's that's right. Yeah, he said it's the it's the, the most least important, important most. It's the most important of all the least important things. Yeah, yeah. So it, this is about this is about more than football, more about winning a title or getting relegated and promoted. This is genuinely about the survival of 
the game. Um, because there's not, I, I mean, you saw what happened to Berry last year, what Bolton went through, and that was without a, a worldwide crisis. The people that own the football clubs have been absolutely hammered in, in their stock market investment. And the people that buy tickets to come to the game, they are now dipping into their savings and their entertainment pounds, dollars have been eaten up just so that they can, yeah, uh, just so that they can cope with being out of work with the, and, and it, we haven't seen the full extent financially of what this is going to, how this is going to impact. And I think there's a more important topic, as I said, than finishing the season. It's about, it's not just about finishing the season. It's ha- it's about how do we make sure we have a next season for most of the clubs in 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 England and, and America and the world, really. Is there is there something to be said where you, you know there isn't, and because it's such a massive to- topic, and it's, it's obviously we think of football as football, and I'll expand on that. The Premier League isn't the FA, and it doesn't have to be. One rule doesn't have to be right for America, and at the same time, England. And, and, and the Premier League and the Premier League what might be right for the Premier League might not be right for the rest of the league but from my point of view and again I realise that I talk from a, an area where tri- I, I'm talking from tribalism I'm not talking from experience like where you work Paul or the experiences that you've had Kenny I'm looking at it going what could be good for the morale of the country that I live in well the Premier League being back could be good for that can we do something whereby there's money that's made from the Premier League is filtered down into the FA would the Premier League and the FA do that I'm not so sure they don't really speak to each other the left hand never talks to the right here but for the good of the country and I think if everyone's in lockdown for three months finishing the league for its own integrity and maybe shortening next season when the rules have been written prior to the season could be an answer and again I don't think there's a one size fits all thing. I don't know what you guys think about that. No, there's no, no one I, there's no one decision gonna please everybody. But then again, I think the Premier League is a bit different from the other leagues because the Premier League I am not so sure if we'll get anybody that's English that owns a club. Is it? It's mostly foreigners that own the clubs. I think just Norwich is the only one I can think of in the uh, Well Nor yeah, Norwich. But Burnley and probably I think, I think Burnley, and if you're going, but if you're going to, if you're going to judge a football club and judge a season, the first thing and the priority is that's why they're called football clubs. It's to play football. It's to play football, and it's not about the money they're going to lose. It's about the credibility they're going to get for themselves and also for the league in future years. They're supposed to be the greatest commercial um, league in the world, the Premier League, and probably is. So by the way, if it's that good commercially and everybody's that keen on it, they'll they'll maybe take a couple of years to get back to where they are. But then surely it's easier for them to get back to where they are than anybody else if they're that successful commercially. They they lose an absolute fortune on television rights, promotions, uh, um, advertising campaigns. Paul, they, they they stand too much to lose. To let it go, and they cannot just wind it up. They've got to. They've okay. got to so play the games. What is the biggest expenses that a, a football team has? Well, it'll be players' wages. So, what? What's your thoughts on players' wages, managers' wages during this time? Do you do you think they have a responsibility to to take a haircut, or do you think they should be made whole during this time when when the organisations aren't bringing in any revenue? Well. I would think if you look at it at the end of the year, 
Is that, that's like saying, well, why should it always be on the players? If the company make a profit, right, and they've all come out with their accounts recently, are they going to put half of that profit, or all of that profit, into a, into a bag and get to put somewhere that needs it? it? It goes beyond the players as well, Paul. If the players are going to do it, why do the owners not do it for the football clubs? That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking because there, there, there's no doubt there is a there is a, a lack of money being generated during a pause in play. Yeah, but Paul, um, Paul, in the summer you finish in May, right? You've got a couple mm. of weeks in May that you don't play. You've got June, July where you come back pre-season, and you start in August. There's three months, right? So we have not even been right. in it. What since eleventh of March, maybe the last game. But the contracts, right. the on. contracts oh, end at the oh, end of oh, June. Oh, the contracts oh. end at the end of June. Oh, hold on, right? Yeah. So there's we've got we've been there since eleventh of March. What three weeks? How? So if they've got three months that they don't have money in the summer, what's the difference between if they've three months off now and then play when normally it's broken up? They're going to get the money if they can if they let crowds in to play, or they're going to get the money commercially from it. So I don't think overall they're going to lose too much. Who? The clubs. Oh, oh I, I, I think you're, you're mistaken. I think All that right. the clubs are going to lose, I think they're going to lose a lot of money. And if you look Barcelona, it was, you know, I think they were one of the first major clubs, if not the first major club, to announce that they've cut the players' wages by 70%. The Liverpool players, uh, the Liverpool players did their business quietly, and they mm. were the first ones to do it quietly. Mm. Everybody else wanted no. publicity for doing it, and they did it. No, no, fit. they were fitting proper and did it properly. But I still yeah. think if you've got three months when you don't earn money, it doesn't matter what time of the year it comes, you still get three months. So in my eyes, you've still got a couple of months, a month left, or six weeks left, when they shouldn't be struggling, and then it might it, be a problem. And if it in is real, a problem, in real life, though, Dad, in real life, it doesn't work like that because the contracts, the contracts end in June, and if they're going to be playing past June, what happens to the people that were contract? What happens to a well, player that signed Paul, up? Paul, they can adjust all that, right? They so, can adjust all that. I'll tell but you then, then, but then, they're, but then, they're, then they're spending more money to adjust that. No, no, they won't. The, 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 if you, judge, the FA can adjust the rules, right? Well, okay. they still if. They still, if a guy gets paid up to the 30th of June, right, and he yeah. goes, somebody else will come in. So somebody else is getting paid. It might not be you, but somebody else is well, getting paid. So take that as a case. Money. Take that as a take that as a case. So I've signed a pre-contract with Liverpool that starts uh, just like the Nike deal was meant to start. Say I'm say my player, say my player that signed a pre-contract with Liverpool, and the season goes on past June 30th. Who do I play for after June thirtieth if I've signed you a free contract? You play with the club. You you would they can change the contracts. You play with the club who you're contracted to until their league finishes. So who then takes the liability? You can't start playing for whatever who, club you're going to until who, their season starts. But who takes the liability then? There's no liability. Well, there is if they get injured. If they get injured, if they get injured, who takes the liability? Well. Paul, if you sign a pre-contract and you get injured, you still get your contract. But if I'm a player, 
and I'm going, okay, the FA are making a decision. Do you think the FA are going to put themselves in a position of liability or the Premier League in a position of liability where they are enforcing a player to remain at the club he's at um, through a certain date in his contract, run the risk of him getting injured and, and, and exposing themselves to liability? I don't oh. think the FA can make that oh. decision. Paul, they're no, they're no, because they're no playing just now. So the, 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 the FA accepted the contract for the guy, a pre-contract, right? Yeah. And whether you're playing now or whether you're not, doesn't make any difference. If you get injured, that contract's still there. So whether the right. So I'm a player. I'm a player. Paul. I'm a player and I've got my dream move to Liverpool. I'm a player. I'm sitting in... Say Holland, and I've got my, I've got another club, right? And so I'm playing for say, say Ajax, right? And Ajax are going for the league title, and I've got to sit down, I've got to go to that dress, and I've got to go and speak to the club, and I've got to go and speak to the manager, uh, and the president of the club or the GM, whatever you want to say, and I've got to go in and say, I know I've signed a contract with Liverpool, and I know we're going for the league title. I don't want to risk getting injured and 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 ruin my dream move to Liverpool, or. But their season is going to be the same as ours. It's going to be shut down now and extended. So it's the same for everybody. But it might not be. It might not be because the rules in different countries might be different. So what is allowed in one country might be different to what's allowed in another country because you've got individual country rules. Paul, they've got a Champions League, which is worth a fortune, right? Yeah. They'll all get together. They'll have a communal contract and an agreement to extend people's contract in those circumstances. But that, and it will just, that's how it will work. I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm talking about the practicality. So the, the, the practicality of it is that sounds great, right? And it sounds simplistic, but it doesn't, that's, it can't happen like that. So the, 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 the player, that if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a player playing for Ajax, right? If I'm a player playing for Ajax and I've signed a pre-contract with Liverpool, I've either got to tell Liverpool, Right, that I am going to take the risk past the date of that contract, right, to play for my existing club and risk getting injured for my supposedly current employers. Or I've got to tell my current club that I don't want to finish this title campaign because I don't want to risk getting injured for my for my my supposed current employer. Now that is something Well the only difference right, of the dates, right? I signed a pre-contract with Liverpool in January the 2nd, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is a binding oh, contract. No, Paul, Paul, just wait a minute, right? I signed it in January the 2nd. Eddie, and tell me if, if I'm not explaining myself right here, because I don't think Paul can see it. <laughs> the, the, the contract, this, this, the bit was stole for March, right? Yeah. Everywhere. But you're still getting paid. You're still getting paid. The bit was right? So, I've had my discussions with the club, Ajax, that I want to go. They know I want to go. But they also know that they want to win the league. And if I'm going in, I'm saying, by the way, you know I want to go, you know I want to win the league, but I'm quite happy to stay here to fall in line with the rest of Europe's agreement, the contracts, freedom of contract, movement of players, and players' contracts ending. I don't have a problem with you doing that. Right? If you're happy for me to do it. 
there would have to be some form of unilateral agreement, wouldn't there? But that's to, what I'm saying. It, it, it can't. I mean, it, you get the, how? the rabbit holes you're going down there, though, Paul. I mean, they, they would just you, you would just tie yourself in knots with lawyers. You could you could be going forever. But this is this is this is what this is the problem that every single club and every federation has because I'm involved in these conversations on a daily basis. Say I've signed a pre-contract, right? So say I have signed a pre-contract with Liverpool, and that pre-contract is for twenty thousand dollars. Right, whatever it is, or twenty thousand pounds. My contract and my current team is for ten thousand. What do I get paid? And you who pays pay, it? Well, if the other team want you to stay, right, they'll pay you your wages. If they want that you to go, you'll get your wages half Liverpool. Oh, so that's different. So now it's the players' choice. No, it's no. I never said that. I said if the club don't want you to stay, right. They they will let you you go then in your your contract at Liverpool would kick in after the thirtieth of June. It's no rocket science. But you've just said you've just said that you have to stay on the play for your existing team. But Liverpool are yeah, going to pay the wages. Don't, by the way, if they don't want you, you can, you just go and you get your your contract starts right again with Liverpool. Paul, they'll take that, that into consideration when they're trying to work it something out. That this is this is the this is the big fear of extending the season because this is the big fear of federations by extending the season because of these the legalities of contracts and who pays who and how can you extend the contract past a certain date because even if you extend the contract past June thirtieth to extend playing past June thirtieth clubs haven't budgeted to play for an extra two months. Of wages that they weren't potentially going to going to be paid because they they're going to have to pay they're going to then they're going to pay an extra period of time for wages. Oh, However, you pay, your wages are twelve months of the year, but they also right? end on a certain date. So you're going to have the only difference for the clubs is they've not got an income for three months, and they don't have an income for three months every year anyway. It's right? just a different time. Right. Could I ask it? Could I ask it? Probably a like. uh, Probably there'll be people there like me who are listening then, who are just screaming these questions out. So excuse me, I'm not trying to say I've got an answer or anything like that. Why couldn't you just let the player leave when his contract runs out? You you well, when his player contract runs out, you could. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The the player's got two choices. He could, but there's also they'd have to lift the transfer window. Because the no, transfer no, no, window the doesn't transfer reopen window. or something. Yeah, but the, so the transfer window yeah. is fine. Yeah. It's 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 about yeah. being registered for the league. Yeah. So, so, you, so the league would only have to re-register players, and then the yeah. then it's the league's job only. Is that right? No. So say take that into practice, right? Uh-huh. So say I've signed a pre-contract with Liverpool, yeah. right? And and say I'm from say I'm from Everton, for instance, as an example. Mm-hmm. I could then leave under your circumstances. I could then leave Everton, right, and help Liverpool finish winning the league. Not no, necessarily you, though, because you no, can't you register can't. for the Premier League, can you? But this is what this is this is what I'm saying to you. So how can you leave and go to the other team when the games are still going on? That's up to the player, then, isn't it? They but, can but still do I, that. I get but they, that. Can't, they can't play. But so that's or, it. Or they could stay that's with the team and play. And that, that's it. And that, that's what that's what I was saying. That's what I'm saying. Like that, but you will get players. The players have the choice, or do the clubs have the choice to keep the players past the the end of the contract? 
Oh, they have an agreement with each other, right? The 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 federations or UEFA or whoever they'll draw up okay. a contract and they'll take all these things into consideration. If you want to go, then go. But we we're okay. obliged to pay you the money, right? You're you're thinking about oh. Liverpool, right? You're thinking about Liverpool. Oh. Think about oh. think about everybody. Think about everybody, oh. right? So oh, I'm, 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 I'm at Leeds. I'm, I'm at Leeds. I'm at Leeds, right? And I'm going oh, for oh, promotion to the oh, Premier you League. Can say, you, can pr- you can put whatever you want forward. It's all the same. Well, you, you can if you don't listen. There's no point. But there's... there's if, you, if, if you're if you at Leeds and I've got a contract June 30th and I extend the season, I've got players that are on uh, promotion bonuses. I've got players that are going to be out of contract. Like, how do you extend... How do you extend their... How do you extend their contract without players' permission? Well, the PFA, the Football Regular Associations, will all get together and come up with a, a package that's going to suit people, right, as best they can, and take all these things into consideration. They're no insurmountable, right? And if they don't work for people, they don't work. And they just... They think if, if I'm playing for Leeds, I want to stay at Leeds and try and win a championship. Right? If I'm right. moving on, I want to get to my new club as soon as possible. But I know I've still yeah. got an obligation because I've got to fulfil my contract. It might and have to be extended with some other clubs. Oh, it's no, it's oh, no problem. All we go back to is the original conversation, which was, you have to have a conversation with your existing club if this is done. And this is all that was being said, was you have to have an, an, a contract with your existing club saying, I either want to finish the season for you or I don't want to play anymore. Because I don't want to get injured for the new club I'm joining. I'm sure the PFA will be involved. Yeah, of course. Cool. Every 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 union's going to be involved. Every association's going to be involved. But this is the dilemma. This is the dilemma that everybody's facing in the world of, of football. Um, England, England's actually England's actually really lucky, and I tell you why England's really lucky, because England only are governed by one government. In America, we're governed by fifty-two states or 50-odd states, whatever it is, right? 50-odd states, we've got a, a national government, and we can't bust the games. And and the players travel, commercial. So you could get to a stage where they, we're allowed to play games behind closed doors, but you're not allowed to fly. So then we can't start the league. So that every single country, it's hard to get everybody on the same page when you're talking about uh, European leagues getting in sync with the Premier League, all of these other leagues in the world getting onto a FIFA schedule, when every country is going to have different rules and regulations, what they can and can't do. Paul, American football doesn't affect European football. Right? So no, but what's going on in Italy or Spain does. Your needs and your, what you have to do to get it past it over the line will be totally different to what we have to do here. All the European so t- footballs are locked down, apart from Belarus. Right, they're all all in lockdown, so they've all got something in common. They've all okay. got something in common. They've all had to put a delay in, and they'll probably come back playing more or less at the same time. They've got Champions League to finish. They've got the Europa Cup to finish. They've all got something in common that they're going to sit down and discuss and find out and discuss some agreements that's going to help and be beneficial to everybody. And by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if. Anybody that was listening is falling asleep 
because it's the same thing that's been repeated all the time. <laughs> let's let's yeah, go back. Let's, go back to, let's jump back to Chris's original point because there's something. There's a bit. I know the contracts are just one element of this, but the other element, of course, is what happens if another league. I heard Jan Moby talking on the podcast that he does with us to Trev last night, and he he seems to think that Sierra, for instance, may expunge their league or cancel it right now. And obviously, another thing that's supposed to happen with the way things are set right now is the 30th of uh, June is supposed to be the date that UEFA have said that they need the entrance for next year's Champions League for the Europa League and, and things like that. So if the leagues aren't over, it's going to need a, another goalpost shift by uh, by UEFA. And obviously, if these leagues do take this into account, so for instance, let's say Sierra A does cancel, but the Premier League decides to continue, and then in a few weeks' time, perhaps uh, La Liga decides to cancel, then a couple of weeks after that, perhaps the Bundesliga decides to cancel, does the Premier League still go with this, uh, with this intention to finish the season indefinitely, their own words? What are your thoughts on that, Chris? I think for me, I'm a cynic at heart and unfortunately I don't believe that the Premier League clubs will look after anybody else other than themselves and I don't think they'll want lost revenues and unfortunately that's why I think the Premier League, whether it's the right or wrong thing to do at the time, will plough forwards and finish the games. Um, the difficulty you obviously have, I think Liverpool's actually really in the easy situation. You know, you've got the likes of Leeds and West Brom and what happens with the championship and what happens with relegation. That's, that's much more difficult to sort out. Um, European football's a mad one. I just think UEFA will use this to try and create a Super League. And that's, the, again, just the cynic in me that says they can't do this Champions League. Even with, you know, in three months time, we might be able to get domestic football going. Can you get European football running next season? Can you travel? all over the place like it was six months ago? I don't know. Um, so for me, really difficult questions that are going to need to be answered. And I don't trust that we've got the people in power in UEFA to be able to answer these questions anyway. I don't. I think they're more tribal than football fans. I think they want just to to, to, to rip money off fans and, and clubs and everything, that, and they'll continue to try and do that, and they'll turn the situation to make more money for them if they can. So, you know, that's me being a cynic. Um yeah, Love to know everybody Chris, else's thoughts on that. Chris, and Chris, Chris, you're talking about you're talking about implementation, and then that's exactly that's exactly the problem. It, it it really is difficult when you're trying to make decisions for a European league or leagues that have relegation and promotion, where there is so much dependent on both ends of the table and finishing the season. Yeah, you're exactly you're thinking exactly the right way. It, it's very very difficult to know how to how this is going to be done. The only thing I would say about your concerns about uh, uh, UEFA, if they don't have football, they don't have money. And if you can't travel across Europe, it doesn't matter what leagues have got. It's no worth a carrot to them. If you say think that they're going to set up a European league, they can't set it up if there's no travel. So if the, pro- if the European Cup's got a problem, so have they and their ambitions. But I would have thought... But there's a difference. There's no interest to them. Right, if it doesn't work out, because they lose money, they lose the only. So I think the revenue they've got. I and I, I think that I think that what one of the the key details that is that FIFA, if the numbers are correct, are sitting on about one point five million dollars worth, uh, one point five billion uh, of of capital, um, and they they have money to be able to distribute it to smaller clubs. Um, to help smaller no. clubs get through this, whether it's used to do that or not, I don't know. But there, 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 there is an opportunity for FIFA 
or governing bodies to be able to, just like the government are doing for the everyday people um, and, and for small businesses, to be able for the, the, the governing bodies to be able to do this for, for smaller clubs too. But FIFA are only international clubs, for International teams, I mean. But FIFA oversee everything. Everyone reports to FIFA. Yeah, but that money they've got isn't for, isn't for club teams. It's for international. So Fine. they can't give it to the federations. So could the federations then, if you give it to the English FA, could the FA give it to leagues, Championship 1-2? Well, they've already but done not it. not the Prem. They've already done it. The English football... The EFL have already put millions aside for clubs, for the help, for them to go and apply for, for money. They've already done it. I was wearing the wrong foundation shade for years, and no one told me. Thanks, guys. Then I discovered Il Maquillage, the bold new beauty brand using AI to shade match. Their best-selling Woke Up Like This foundation has 50,000 five-star reviews and is a total game-changer for my glow-up. Plus, it's cruelty-free. You can even try before you buy at home for 14 days, risk-free. Take the quiz and get your shade of flawless at ilmakiage.com slash quiz. That's I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot com slash quiz. Hi, I'm Tom Merritt from Daily Tech News Show, and this is a StayCast from Acast. I'm here in Los Angeles washing my hands, social distancing, trying to flatten that curve, and I hope you're pitching in, too, by following what your local government advises. While you're doing that, let me recommend a great podcast, Text Message with Nate Langson and Ian Morris, available on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing, the one thing is, is the PFA. Uh, the PFA have been very quiet. I mean, I've not heard anything from them. It's, I mean, I'm absolutely shocked actually that we've heard nothing from Taylor or for anyone at the PFA. And, and Masters at the Premier League's been silent as well. It's almost like they're letting clubs be completely autonomous with this and make their own decisions. I know Newcastle came out yesterday, I think, uh, and said that they're going to forlay uh, a, a lot of their staff. I think Daniel Levy at Spurs came out and said it today. And I've seen something on the Athletic, uh, I think today actually, just saying that Premier League clubs are now holding in talks about wage deferral agreements and stuff like that so the i mean some of the rabbit holes paul mentioned in the uh, in the early discussion there i mean it does it presents a massive legal quagmire but what kenny said kind of gives you hope that there may be scope for a unilateral agreement that can see the premier league return and, and some of these issues be resolved well the yeah, players have much more rights yeah the, the players have much more rights and that's why because of the, the, the PFA and, and the, the backing of, of FIFA statutes in, in players' contracts, it's much easier to, to eliminate front office workers, um, people that work in the offices, um, than it is to, to, to cut players or ask players to take a pay reduction because they, they genuinely, they generally have less rights. So I think that's why you're seeing on a lot of occasions now that because the players are somewhat untouchable unless they make a, a decision by themselves that there's other people in the organization that are having to be furloughed, put the contracts on pause, let go to enable the clubs to not suffer catastrophic or as catastrophic losses. And also, let's not be blinkered either. In a situation like this, and I don't have any proof of anybody doing it other than maybe experience, People use the bad situation that we're in to get rid of people that they don't want. 
So it's no all above board, Paul. Yeah, but this is I would I would agree that that happens. I think that the difference in this situation is that everybody in the world is going through it together. Normally, normally situations are are regional. This is a this is a situation that everybody in the world hasn't escaped from. There's no there's no one not going through this. So it is an unprecedented situation where, as I said to you, we, we're going through it on a daily basis trying to find the answers, and it's it's tough. It's really tough to know what you can and can't do, what's possible, uh, and and then balancing that with what's ethical as well. Paul, can I can I ask a question? Obviously, I've been sat here listening, and, and the mad thing for me is I actually see I think both of you are right somehow. Um, but I think there'll be a lot of people who are listening today who who are probably in the same boat. What is it like the day to day? How is how are you set up to deal with something like this? Because football clubs will be looking around, going, "Well, we don't have staff who can deal with this, surely." No, no that, that that's it. it. It's we're on. I'm on daily calls, conference calls with with other people in our position. We have league meetings twice a week, uh, where it's all the presidents of the clubs over here. Um, I've actually been speaking a few times with Ian Air as well to to see what MLS are doing. Um, it's, uh, it's nobody set up for this and, and pardon me, son. The, the big difference, the big difference we've got as well is most Premier League teams, because of the revenue they bring in, the financial fair play now as well, have a little bit of, 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 uh, have a little bit of money that, that they can survive a, a little bit of a last, lack of revenue. Most teams in America, most teams I would say lower down the, the, the totem pole in, in England, teams in Scotland that don't have the massive commercial revenue, that don't have the big TV deals, most of them run at a loss, uh, a slight loss. So now all of a sudden you take away all their abilities to, 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 you take away their ability to, to, uh, generate revenue, but you can't you don't allow them the same opportunity to take away expenses. You're going to see a lot of smaller teams not come out the other side of this unless they get outside help. It's so sad because I think you're right. You know, you, you mentioned it earlier on, didn't you, about Burnley? And you, you just have yeah. to look at some of the clubs lower down. And I think, I think personally the Premier League clubs need to help them out. But, you know, that's me sat in a, sat in my old, kids nursery you know the, the the practicalities of saying that to a premier league side and asking them to do something is very different from me go well they should help them out shouldn't they of course they should but it's not it doesn't work like that kenny does it uh well i don't know i think they've helped them out set like a few times in the past they might but i mean what happened look at norwich for example norwich were in huge financial problems and delia smith came in and rescued them Right? It's a wee bit. There's no, nobody came to help her at that time, did they? And although it wasn't her fault, she took it on board and she cleaned it up and started it up and done brilliantly. She's done brilliantly financially and otherwise. And for them, they bought me the table at the moment. For them to have a vote. I mean, really, with your heart, you would be saying, well, if I wasn't involved in football, I'd be saying, yeah, we've got to finish the season. And if I'm got my Norwich hat on, I'm sitting there. I could be thinking, maybe we should just stop the league now and restart it again. But um, I don't think there's that 
I think there's a lot of goodwill to the Premier League clubs, but I think the first thing they've got to do is make sure that they're okay first before they have enough to, if they know that they've got enough money to look after their own at the moment. And then maybe they can feed it, they can feed it down the, the food chain. But when you look at the FA as well, with the non-league football that's just come out, for, for levels, is it three down to six leagues? They've got they've scrubbed the season, and it's come out while we've been on air. Incidentally, that the national league, the three leagues above that, uh, they've they've not been expunged, but they've been put on indefinite suspension. Is the terminology that's just come out while we've been on air, and they because, say that we, we we have no idea at this moment how to proceed. That's a, that's effectively but, what they've said. Yeah, but the thing is, and, and you can talk about the Premier League and all the other ones. It's 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 very wealthy, but the, those people that support those football clubs at the non-league level. They're equally as passionate about their football team as what anybody yeah. is for any Premier League teams. Yeah. And for, for FA just to come out and if you read, I don't know if what we read is true, but if they've not even contacted some of them to ask them to vote and they've just gone ahead and done it, well, that can't be right, can it? But th- maybe well, this maybe is a discussion, you would come to the same pr- thought, but well, I think that, I think that's just but, totally disrespectful. It's the only option, though, Dad. I, I, not, well, not, I'm not saying the clubs. I'm, I'm not. I'm talking about. It, it might be the only option for these leagues, because it, it, it's the easiest way I can explain it to you know for for smaller clubs is, it's like you still being expected to pay your mortgage in full, but you don't have any money coming in, and 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 Premier and, and the smaller clubs aren't having their expenses reduced in certain areas, whereas they are still. But they're not having their expense reduced, but they don't have any income coming in. Um, and, and what you're also going to see is it's normally in the small, it's more corporate businesses that are sponsoring the big teams. When it's the little teams, it might be the local pub that sponsors them, right? Or it might be the local whatever. They're not allowed to open. They can't open. So then they can't pay the sponsorship money. So then they're getting even less revenue. A season ticket holder, that goes to that game might not have enough. They might have lost the job and they're thinking, well, I, I want a percentage of my season ticket back. You, you don't know that, that this, this is, there's a big, big difference between making a decision that's right for the Premier League and making a decision that's right for football as a whole. And I'm just saying, shouldn't the clubs themselves be the ones that decide that? No, the FA. Without, um, without consultation with the clubs. Well, well, that's, that's, uh, just so you know, just, just so you know, some of the conversations we're going through over here, and I can't, I can't go into too much detail, but it's, it's exactly about that. It's about, you know, do we wait? If, if New York or is more affected than Texas or, or Portland's more affected than Kansas, do we wait till everybody's ready to be able to start the league? Or no. do we, do we start with the teams that are first ready? And then add the numbers. But we, we, yeah, but we, we, we've gone. We're not talking about being prepared to, or being ready to start the league and allowing for different areas. Yeah. Not being it because I'm just saying for them to decide the few, what they've played here, they've played like two thirds of the games or something in the non league, yeah. and all of a sudden it's scrapped. That, that, I would, I don't, I don't think at any level. It's correct, unless there's mitigating circumstances. Just to play devil's advocate on that it, one it's, point. It's cash flow. It's cash flow, Dad. 
it's genuinely cash flow. There's no they TV the clubs, revenue. The reason, yeah, that's it. Paul, let the clubs decide if they've yeah. got the cash or have no. No, the FA. But these but clubs, these clubs are more reliant, aren't they, Paul? These clubs are more reliant on gate receipts. And do you think there's part of the thinking there that, well, there's absolutely no way that these games are going to be played in front of people, so we may as well just cancel the lot just now. I'm, I mean, I'm only playing devil's advocate. I don't agree with that. Yeah. I, I agree more with what your dad's saying. I have to say that the club should have been contacted. It should have been a proper consultation period. But, but you I do don't wonder. Know if they were or they weren't, Eddie. But the clubs have come out and said, the clubs have come out themselves and said on their various social media feeds and stuff that they were never consulted by the FA. I mean, was it Jersey Bulls? They've won 27 out of yeah, 27 games or something. They've been another team of promotion already. And they've got a cup final coming up between somebody who's in uh, the second level and somebody who's in the third level. Well, that, well they've won the, the listen, third that, levels. Stop playing. That's, uh, that's no, a different no conversation. No, that's, well, that's what I'm saying. That's what, Paul, I read it today. Yeah. So, that's, but that's, I think it's the club's decision no the FAs but that anyway maybe I'm I'm no a president I'm no <laughs> no but, you want, but if we go back to the original discussion let's call it you, oh, you were saying that, that, that no 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 but you're saying that the PFA or the FA will make a decision that's right for everybody and then when they and uh, I guess what you're saying is under consultation under con- yeah. by all the clubs okay okay um, yeah no that's that's not right I think that I think that um I think that every club has a different situation. For instance, even if you talk about European competition, if it was to ever resume, um, what happens if there's a semi-final between a team in Italy um, and a team in in, the, in a less affected area and the one team can play games and the other team can't, do they get a buy or do they keep postponing? Are you still talking? Are you still talking domestically, Paul? Or, or no, or, European competition. Yes, so yeah, I'm with qualify. Chris on that. I don't see that. I don't see that happening. I, Chris's point is absolutely no. on on point there because there's absolutely no way this 2020 year is going to see people flying all around Europe again playing football. I just don't see yeah. that domestic but, leagues, perhaps, but, yeah, but not not European. I think that they, I think that will all get kiboshed uh, immediately as soon as as soon as domestic football starts again. I'm pretty sure that the European stuff will just get palmed off into next year and everything. And that's the thing we've also got to consider. We're not mentioned it on the show yet, but all of the science mm-hmm. used to suggest that this may come back. You know, so next season could yeah. be massively impacted. So Eddie, let's just wait and see what happens. If they scrub the Champions League, it means we've held it for two years. <laughs> let's, let's move. Let's move on from COVID and finish out the show with a couple of uh, of questions that came in. And uh, the first one I want to ask is is, is regarding the media and obviously fan media. Uh, Chris represents Redmen TV, uh, and I do recommend anyone goes and signs up for that RedmenTV.com. You do get a free uh, a free period to try it out, and it's really well worth it's well worth your money to to go and have a look at Redmen TV. And I want to ask, uh, in terms of content, obviously the Redmen TV, Chris, you you guys have been managing to still get regular content out every day, and obviously that's something I'm involved in with gags here at Anfield Index Pro as well, and. I have to be honest, we're really, really struggling to think of things to talk about. It's uh, it's the same subjects pretty much that are sort of regurgitated in different ways and discussed in different ways. But you guys have a daily news show and you've managed to continue that throughout this so far. And you are finding things to speak about that don't seem repetitive and still have sort of topical context. So, so I, want, I want to know how you're doing it. <laughs> I didn't know we were. I thought we were being repetitive. We're definitely getting the content out, but we talk that much shit. Uh, <laughs> it seems to be going all right. <laughs> Chris, Chris, do you have matches on as well? 
Oh, uh, we can put we can we 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 can put some matches on without oh, it. Of course, she's team of the decade. By oh. the way, that's what I've been doing the last few days, going on the television and getting the getting the old games up. Why? Because you can't remember them anymore. That's right, and I tell you what, I do remember. <laughs> the referees don't get any better. They still robbed us or something. <laughs> <laughs> listen, why don't you use this to get this soft in chest? You what? should have one more goal for Scotland than what you have. Correct. Aye, but I can't find it on. I can't find it for on the telly. Why don't I think that that would that would make you happy, wouldn't it? If you went, if you if you could be accredited that goal, you've oh. you've spoke about that before. He was. So there was a goal for Scotland, Eddie. What was the goal, Dad? Scotland and Wales. But, by the way, if I can share it with old Dennis, I don't have a problem. I get that. I get But you, I, I, that's nice. But you have but said that you scored another goal for Scotland. Goal. They still have given me that goal. So what's the, so background? What the, what's the background here? What's the background? Is, Dennis, on, tell us Dennis, is Dennis Moore accredited with a goal that Kenny Dalglish should have? No. no. Not own goal. Tell us. Come on. The same number. So I basically, my dad and go on. My dad and Dennis Laura are joint top goal scorers for Scotland, right? They have the the, the equal amount of goals. But my dad claims that there was a goal he should have been awarded against Wales that was awarded as what then? Eh, own goal. Own goal that wasn't an own goal. He what scored. competition was it in? I don't know. I'm just going to look it up. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like a mission accepted for the keyboard warriors. It was the uh, Anfield anyway. I know that. It was a. Um. It was. Oh, it's got me Six Nations. It was um. At, at, at Hamden, old Danny McGrain. So it was a, a, home, a, home nation, a home nations cut, game. Then. Cut it back. Um, what, what year are we talking here? Oh, I can't even remember. Well, Were you playing for Celtic or Liverpool? Well, I can't remember that either. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I don't know. Here, Scotland 1-1 one, one as the home championships. It wasn't that. It was a night game. So we're narrowing it down. <laughs> you just yeah. need to remember. just need to remember. You need to remember who you were playing for, <laughs> when it was. So we've got Scotland, oh, Wales at hand. I can't even remember if I was married or no. <laughs> well, there's not, there's not going to be too many games in the home nations where there was too many own goals in Scotland, Wales games. I think we can, yeah. after we come off air, I think we can each try and narrow it down and find this one. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think, uh, the, the big guy, big guy Evan slid in to try to clear it, and he knocked it in, but it was inside the post anyway. <laughs> By the way, do you know what? I, I, I must have. I must have got it somewhere. You know, I must have seen it because I wouldn't know that, would I? It must be out there in the ether somewhere. We'll get. Well, we'll try and track it down. I think between uh between Chris's followers and our followers, we might uh we might be able to find it if uh if we get any joy there. By the way, you know the Tartan Army might have it somewhere. They used to have uh, video phones and all that. Oh, well, I know a couple of guys there, so I can maybe uh, t tap them up and see what they're saying about that one. That would be quite an interesting discussion. And then you can put it. You can put it up to uh, judgment. Yeah, we'll That's see. Going at financial, financial fair play, whatever you call it. <laughs> the VAR, guys. Eddie, Eddie and Chris, it was it was nice that you got a little insight into the uh, the camaraderie that the two of us had for each other. Father-son debates. When you say camaraderie, 
<laughs> Could you just explain that one to us? I, I think it's, 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 I think it, I think the real definition is complete and other disdain for each other's opinion. Are <laughs> uh, you jibber like a budgie? What? Fucking hell. Two Listen, go back to, go back to working on your keepy ups. Two more, more quick questions. Just, uh, two more quick questions before we finish, right? There was a an interview this week that Trev Downey did uh, with Jason McAteer for the channel, and it went out a few days ago. And Jason tells a fantastic story, Kenny, about uh, when you were Blackburn manager and you got them along to Haydock, and uh, you basically told them there was a package if uh, if McAteer uh, wasn't joining Blackburn, then Stubbs didn't get to join either, and McAteer obviously eventually made his way to Liverpool. And uh, Jason told the story so well, and he mentioned that uh, how much better looking he thought you were in real life, and he was meeting his hero and he couldn't get around the fact that he was going to have to turn you down. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Any regrets over that deal never happening? Don't remember him. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was, we went for him and another player and we had the other boy and uh, Jack Walker said, if we don't get a two of them, tell him to get lost. So that's what happened. Trigger got a phone call for Roy Evans. And uh, after he got that, he was always going to Anfield, wasn't he? I mean, I would have gone there myself if I get a chance, but <laughs> he was always, always going to Anfield. So uh, that was the other deal up in the air as well. That was Alan Stubbs, obviously, who ended up making his way to Everton. Uh, but... Oh, well, see, I wouldn't disclose that. <laughs> well, Jason already did. <laughs> By the way, he discloses everything. <laughs> and the other one was, we were doing a Q&A just before we came on air today with Steve McMahon, and there, someone asked a question that Steve couldn't answer, so I said I would ask you it instead. There was a photo. By right the there. way, let me tell I nearly phoned that number because it came up on Skype, and it said Steve McMahon. It must be... Um, Aye, it's a shared. It's the shared Skype we were using. <laughs> I, was going to, I was going to press it for a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so with that, Steve McMahon was doing this Q and A, and there was a there was a team photo. For, I think it must have been the late eighties, and you're not in it for some reason, and Steve doesn't know why. You're you're in the top court. You're in the guy on my team. Awesome. Well, well, wasn't he in it? Yeah, you're not in it. You're in a you're in a top you're in the top corner in a little circle. Roy and Ronnie are both in it. All the players are in it, but Kenny Dalglish isn't in it. And Steve was trying to rack his brains as to why. So I said I would ask you and see if you knew, but I, I, I don't know if I'd to be hopeful on an answer to that one or not. Yeah, I was away trying to buy a replacement for Steve McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> By the way. No, I don't know why I wasn't in it. I thought that myself when I saw it. That is a mystery that will continue then. Kenny doesn't know the answer. Steve McMahon doesn't know no. the answer. How strange. Thanks. It's no surprise that Marker didn't know the answer. <laughs> he was lucky to bring it himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. All right, we'll finish off. Uh, anything else? Uh, anything else? Some, someone wanted to know what box sets everyone were watching now. Kenny, I speak to you a lot about TV when it's on, but it's normally about sports. So I was kind of racking my brains and wondering what you might be watching during this downtime because you're stuck with uh, well, dra drama and box sets. No, well, I, I was watching all the old games. You know, you can go to YouTube and you just put in the years and you get a lot of old games on the telly, Liverpool games. Genuinely, I've, been, I've watched a load of them. And it's very pleasant when you go back and you see it. I've, we've not lost a game yet, because every time you go to a game, <laughs> they put it fast forward. 
Um, and Chris, what have you been finding to watch? Um, no, I don't watch too much television, to be honest with you. Um, but Homeland's back on, so Homeland's what I've been watching. Um, and a little bit of... Uh, well, a bit, to be honest, I, I started my own YouTube channel, haven't I? So I'm doing a lot of cooking and stuff like that for that. Just wanted to do something that was slightly away from footy. Because, to be honest, until this all is all decided... I'm really stressed out about whether we're going to win the league or not this year. So I'm just, I'm just trying to forget about it. Is the honest, is the honest answer. And Paul, have you found any? Have you found anything to watch, Paul? I'm, I'm the same as Chris. I don't really watch TV. I'm not a big TV watcher. I just, I used to watch football, but I've actually used this as an opportunity to start watching a few things. So I've, I've just found a program that people have told me's been about for years called Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's uh, comedy over. It's brilliant, really, really funny. So I've been, I've been enjoying watching that. To be honest, I'm not normally a TV person. Though. Well, I can give you one shout out. I just watched that, binge watched that. I'm, I'm like you guys. I don't think any of us are big TV people generally because we're obviously all fascinated with sport. Uh, but I, I watched a show called The English Game on Netflix, and it's all about two lads that come down from Partick in mm-hmm. the, uh, in the, in the late 19th century, and uh, they end up going to, uh, to the area. He played of... with my dad. And it's it's about the dawn of have you seen it? It's the dawn of the professional era. It's uh, the two two Glaswegian lads. It's well worth it. Six parts and they're about forty five minutes each, and they end up in the Blackburn area. And it's about how they. It's a dawn of the professional age, how they take over from the establishment, the, the public schools, and how no no public school won the FA Cup again after the the dawn of the professional age. So it's well worth a well worth a watch if you still fancy a bit of sport. Yeah, what what amateur team won the FA Cup? Well, it was the it was the likes of Wanderers and Old Etonians and these guys back in the uh, back in in the era before professionalism. There you are. So there's hey, it's, uh, you'll like it. It's the same makers as Downtown Abbey, I think. I've seen it, Belgravia. Now that's one, that's the same, it's Julian Fellows, he's a director. So he's done Downtown Abbey, he's done Belgravia, and now he's done this thing on Netflix called The English Game, and it's six parts, and it's all about these two lads coming down from Scotland and, uh, and revolutionising the English game in the Blackburn area. I'll get Kelly to find it for you. What for? I'm just, I'm so still looking for this match. <laughs> it was before 1985 anyway sounds like it was in the toilet hold on Scotland won Wales nil here this is it I've got it on wait a minute Wally Donick has got it this is great yeah Danny McGrain go on oh yeah cut it across yes Oh, it's a back heel that was gone in. It was gone in. November 17th, 1976. So before Liverpool? Yeah. So I was married. Oh, yeah. By the way, I think it was getting in. Here it's up again. You can get it on. <laughs> oh, Joey Jones is... Oh, he hammers it past Joey Jones. A reflect. Oh! Oh, no. It might not even have reached. I think that might have... You realise <laughs> we're still recording. I think recording. that might have been going ra- ra- wide, you know. Or hitting the post, Kenny. Uh, no, I know. I didn't... I thought it was better than that. It, oh, is it? 
Yeah, it's it's close. Well, I mean, you wouldn't take it off somebody, would you? That's selfish. No, you celebrated like you scored anyway. Aye. Well, oh, Joe Jordan should have got a penalty there. (laughs) You realise we're still recording? Why? (laughs) Eddie's chuckling. Oh, who's that through now? Oh, Danny. Oh, good. Still never get a penalty. Are you watching it, Chris? I am, yeah. It's a one, one minute 44 highlight on YouTube. That was a good game, but you'll need to post it in the in the, in the, in the Skype chat. I'll forget it. Oh, I can't do that. I don't know how you do it. Here's another game on. 65th. <laughs> Right, I've posted that in there. Um, Eddie, oh, it's down to you. are going to have to time this up um, and, yeah. and post it for everyone who subscribes to Anfield Index so they can watch it as well. Um, to I be might fair... Be a wee bit, maybe a wee bit presumptuous saying it's going on. I thought it was better than that. It was a different <laughs> bad angle in the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and they big post it and... Uh, they big posts at Hamden as well. You never know. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch this when we come up there. Right, let me let me do uh, that. let me finish this up. Yeah. Hold on, I've got another one. Oh no. <laughs> live, live live podcast watch alongs with Kenny Dalglish as he described his goal. I think you're up to a winner here, Lance. <laughs> oh, okay, no. The good thing is, there's hundreds of them. This is meant to be my role model. Oh, my. Talking to himself, watching TV. Hi, <laughs> toilet roll. Well, folks, that draws us to a close of the latest episode of The King and I. And as ever, please do give us your feedback. The best way is on our Discord community. All Liverpool fans are invited to sign up at anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. Alternatively, do tag us into your feedback on Twitter. We are at, respectively, at Kenneth Dalgleish or to at Dalgleish Paul. I'm at Eddie Gibbs. And I think, Chris, you're Mr. Blood Red, if I'm not mistaken. I am, yes, thank you. So, Mr. Bloodred for for any feedback to Chris. Uh, obviously, uh, with more time on our hands than normal, there's a good chance that uh, perhaps with another special guest or two joining us along the way, the King and AI may be returning for our next episode in the not-too-distant future, and we'll see if we can uh, get Kenny and Paul to agree on anything next time. So just in closing, that important reminder once again, if you enjoy this show just as much as we enjoy it recording it for you, then all we ask is that one thing. Please head on over to anfieldindex.com forward slash MDA, that's MDA, and do whatever you can to help the Marina Dalgleish appeal. So a huge thank you once again to the fabulous Paul Dalgleish. Thank you, Edward. And to our special guest today, uh, Mr. Chris Pajak. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure, gents. Thank you very much. Such an enjoyable hour. And Chris Winston, and thanks once again. She a lot longer than that. <laughs> and for his wisdom and insight, thanks once again to the one and only Sir Kenny Dalgleish. Thank you very much, Chris. I'd like to say it was a good debut for you. <laughs> Cheers. I don't want to tell a lie, but. and thanks for listening everyone and please do listen to the words of kelly cates it's goodbye from us thanks very much for listening hope you enjoyed the show there is one more thing that you could do but it doesn't really require any effort if you use amazon if you go to smile.amazon.co.uk there's an option to select a charity if you select the marina dalgleish appeal then every time you make a purchase at amazon they will make a donation to the charity all you have to do is use smile.amazon.co.uk 
as your website to buy things from Amazon. It should, in theory, be quite straightforward. Thanks very much again. I was wearing the wrong foundation shade for years and no one told me. Thanks, guys. Then I discovered Il Maquillage, the bold new beauty brand using AI to shade match. Their best-selling Woke Up Like This foundation has 50,000 five-star reviews and is a total game-changer for my glow-up. Plus, it's cruelty-free. You can even try before you buy at home for 14 days, risk-free. Take the quiz and get your shade of flawless at ilmakiage.com slash quiz. That's I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot com slash quiz. Podcast Network.